Andrew Brewer with Northwest Area Health Education Center. Uh, new podcast episode for the Healthcare Insights Podcast, and I have the pleasure today. My guest is uh, Michael Suggs. He is the president for Community Development Corporation, which is a faith-based community development corporation um, revitalizing uh, the community in downtown Winston-Salem. And uh, I'm just going to read a little bit from the website. Um, So Goaler is creating, building, transforming, um, building on the community's rich history and heritage, creating a neighborhood linking downtown Wake Forest Innovation Quarter in East Winston-Salem area, transform the area into vital and active part of downtown Winston-Salem, and create a mix of housing, small business, retail, entertainment, and community uses. Um, Build a network of parks and streetscapes and increase community access to healthy foods. Um, promote sustainable employment and entrepreneurial opportunities. And the reason I have you on today is because at Northwest AHEC, we've made it very intentional to include things like social determinants of health, racial disparities, things like that in healthcare. And a lot of those things result or, or come out of um, areas where there are needs for housing and business development and those kinds of things. So I, I want to just start out by welcoming you and also, um, you know, congratulate you on on that. I mean, I walk down uh, past uh, Goler down here on MLK every day, and it's just amazing to see that transformation. So so um, you've done some great work, and I just wanted to start off by talking about how you got um, interested and inspired and started on all this. Yeah. Well, well first of all, thank, thank you for having me. And um, as far as how I got started, well, it's a uh, it's an interesting story. First of all, I'm uh, I'm originally from Eastern North Carolina. Uh, went to uh, undergraduate at uh, North Carolina A&T over in Greensboro. Uh, when I left A&T, I did an MBA program up in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin. Uh, so I was really uh, preparing myself for, for corporate America. Uh, I uh, received a... Uh, a, a job offer from Haynes Hosiery here in Winston-Salem. I uh, worked for Haynes Hosiery for about three years. Uh, then I was recruited from uh, Haynes by R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. So I uh, took a job at Reynolds and marketing, uh, corporate affairs and government relations. Stayed there for about almost 20 years and decided that um, I wanted to do some additional things in my in my life. and. One of those was giving back to the community. Uh, interestingly, when I was at Reynolds, my office was located on the uh, 14th floor of the Reynolds building, uh, which is now, I guess, a hotel. And um, I used to look out my window. I, I, it was actually positioned toward the eastern side of Winston-Salem. And I was always be kind of curious as I looked out the window why so much development happening on one side of the highway and nothing seems to be happening on the other side of the highway. The only difference was that obviously they were separated by uh, Highway 52 at the time. Uh, also, I uh, married a young lady from uh, New York, uh, Dana, and we actually have a, a retail store uh, downtown called Body and Soul. And by and the reason I bring that up is because one of the things as far as meeting her and getting to know her, her family, 
I made several trips to uh, to New York and saw the way that some of those communities were rebuilding themselves. And my thought was, well, why can't we do this down south? Um, at about that same time that we were uh, married, we've now been married for 27 years. But we joined a church, a Goler uh, AME Zion Church, which is uh, located right here in the downtown area. I was very motivated in some ways by the pastor at the time, uh, Reverend Seth Larte. And so when we joined the church, uh, you know, I was not one of the traditional uh, church goers, so to speak. I wasn't going to be singing in the choir and necessarily leading all the prayers. Uh, but uh, the pastor asked me to really develop more of a economic development ministry. And that ministry really became uh, the beginning of a community development corporation. Uh, at the time, we didn't really know what a community development corporation was. But uh, it's a nonprofit 501c3 organization that uh, we started in uh, 1998. Uh, it was uh, myself, our pastor, Reverend Larte, and uh, Lafayette Jones, who was a local businessman here in the, in the area. And so with that, one of the things we wanted to do was, first of all, recognize that the church itself had been in this community for over 100 years. And uh, we wanted, we didn't want to be the, uh, the generation that gave it all up, so to speak. So our goal was to kind of rebuild the community around the church because actually that community had, had fallen into disrepair. Uh, it was uh, littered with uh, a lot of negative things, so to speak, and apartments, and and that's not a, uh, it was kind of a, a no man's land, so to speak, and the church was in the middle of it. So we say if we're really going to uh, be uh, good shepherds uh, for this church, we need to rebuild the community around the church. So that that was really my motivation to get in and kind of kind of get started. And uh, we've, uh, we've done some good things. And once again, we always try to reach out to communities that maybe haven't gotten the, uh, the attention that, that they need. So that's that's how we got started. Well, that's great. I mean, I've seen the transformation since I've been in Winston-Salem and uh, seen that part of downtown develop as Innovation Quarter and, and uh, Wake Downtown and all that and Inmar coming in. Um, and now I'm seeing the development of the Industry Hill right across the street neighborhood. So Goler just sits right in the middle of that, which is tying those two things together, which is it's amazing to see all the the entertainment and restaurants and all the things that are happening, and as well as things like Mixer, the community makerspace, and, and all that stuff starting to pop up around here, and, and uh, it's just been it's been something to see. How how did y'all get like um, the funding to uh, start? You know, the because it takes a lot of money to, to, to yeah. create this, like that condo building down there. That's it's impressive. Well, 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 first of all, when I when I talk to my friends over at uh, Innovation Quarter, always remind them that Gola really set the table for a lot of the things that that they're doing now. I mean, we basically came into the area, kind of cleaned it up in some way, and made it desirable for development, which is really what uh, community development is all about. Uh, going into an area that your normal profit developers you know they're not really that interested in it because 
either it's not seen as desirable or it's a tough area to develop. So we're able to kind of clean the area up and I think kind of sprung some of the other developments that, that you just named. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that we've done is that uh, by myself being a, kind of a corporate America uh, kind of guy and Lafayette Jones being a business type, we were able to make a, 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 a business plan and a strategy that included others. I mean, our whole philosophy has been about collaboration. Because you're right, it does take a lot of money to do this, these things. But not just money, you have to have other resources like people supporting you, whether it be on the city council or at the mayor's level. And we've had those, both of those. We've had great support uh, from the city of Winston-Salem. And I think one of the things that really uh, uh, supported what we were trying to do was that we had actually developed our plan. We didn't ask uh, someone to develop a plan for us. We developed our plan. And then we were able to bring it to not only the city, but to the state and federal resources uh, for funding. And our goal also is to partner with a for-profit company. Uh, because, you know, we realize that when you're, you're doing something for the first time, which is what we were doing, whether it's building buildings, et cetera, uh, you, need some, you need some help. And, and we like working with folks that have done these things before. Uh, because what I find is that so many community organizations, you know, they really kind of suffer initially because they're getting up to speed as to how they're to do what they're trying to do. So our whole goal was to partner with for-profit developers that have done a real estate development before. And uh, we also had a great relationship with uh, local banks here in town. And but all that was because we came to them with a plan that was well thought out. Uh, we had we brought in an urban planner. Uh, we actually paid for a company called Urban Design Associates to come in and actually lay out the plan. We did a series of charrettes with about 300 stakeholders, including city and the funders. So they were all in on this plan, so to speak. It wasn't just something that we sprung, you know, out of the thin air. So this was over process of a couple of years that was developed. I think once we had that plan together, that's when the, uh, the funding uh, showed up, so to speak. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's impressive. And, and that, you know, one of the things that uh, definitely sparks excitement is seeing, you know, visualizing uh, what you have in mind. And I'm sure that that helped, uh, you know, the, the whole uh continuum, I guess, or, or holistic approach for housing and businesses and parks and and even, uh, you, uh, I guess it's mud pies, um, the early childhood development. And, um, so let's talk, let's let's shift gears and talk about mud pies a little bit. That Was that an original plan to create, create that? Well, 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 first of all, our, our goal was to develop a multi-ethnic, multi-generational mixed income community. So this was like a utopia, so to speak. I mean, an area that everybody was comfortable, no matter what you look like, how much money you made, or how old you were. Actually, our first development was a senior development center uh, where we developed an apartment building called Golden Manor. Now, these are for people that are 62 years or older, but they make less than median income. 
So these are people, many of them that are on fixed income. So that was our effort to reach out to our seniors initially. Okay. So that was our first. And when you mentioned mud pies, as I said, we're multi-generational. So then we want to reach back and, and get the kids as well. So we partnered with a group called Northwest Child Development to actually develop the, um, the Mud Pies uh, Child Care Center. It has since become a foundation, I think is their new name. Okay. So the whole idea of having you know, a mix of incomes, having old people and young people in the same community, black people, white people, Hispanic, I mean, that was always has, has been our goal. And that's a, one reason I think that we've been successful and been able to sustain what we're doing as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it certainly brings, uh, you know, that that uh, diversity to downtown. I mean, we've been on just a bunch of uh, tech, tech, technology driven and, and medical students uh, <laughs> downtown. So it, it definitely brings that that to there. Um, and then let's talk a little bit about the credit union. Um, was that original part of the plan or, or is that something that just reared up as you went? Like we need some sort of financial institution. Well, once again, when we went back and looked at our, our master plan, and one of the things that it talked about is that you wanted to have a mix of residential and commercial, okay? Because you have to have these services in your community as an amenity for people that are in the community to want to live there, okay? So the same way, the same way that childcare is an amenity for folks in downtown, you also need a, a, a banking option as well. Uh, we were able to partner uh, with True Lion Credit Union. Uh, and this was really through a relationship that Lafayette Jones had with uh, an African-American-owned uh, credit union called Victory. Okay? So basically, uh, Victory uh, in some way merged with True Lion. And as a part of that merger, uh, they agreed uh, to put a branch in our community. Now, a lot of people don't realize this, but the branch where they're located, we actually own the building and they and they lease uh, their facility from us. Uh, we have our offices in the lower level of that building. Okay? But uh, but yeah, banking has always always been an option because once again, when you talk about economic development, I mean, you, it's hard to talk about economic development without talking about money. So if you have to have that ability uh, to have a, a banking partner. In this case, it was uh, a true client that agreed to come to the area. And uh, they've been, we've had a great partnership with them. And uh, we, they uh, reached out to people in the community. And I think uh, they will tell you that it's probably one of their more successful branches in the city. Yeah, that's great. So um, talk about uh, any efforts on the uh Part that says you know increase community access to healthy foods. I know there was a there, there was some some move some momentum about a grocery co-op or something coming, and I don't I don't know what the latest is on that. But can you talk a little bit about some of the efforts in in that space? Well, yeah. First, first of all, and uh, you probably know that Winston Salem uh, probably has one of the worst what they call food deserts, uh, you know, in in the country from what I hear. And, uh, and obviously, people understand what a food desert is. It's basically having access to fresh fruits and vegetables, which is really, in more cases than not, distributed through a grocery store. Okay? 
uh, grocery stores don't tend to be uh, in minority communities. And uh, one of the reasons I found out is that, first of all, when you locate a grocery store, one of the first things you look is what is the income level in that community, okay? Uh, the average income in Winston-Salem now, I think, is somewhere between four thousand dollars in most of the communities east of highway 52 uh, the average income is going to be less than twenty thousand dollars so bottom line is that the way that the corporate structure is set up for grocery stores it does not lend itself to be in uh, minority communities or at least lower income communities so one of the thing first things we want to do uh, first of all was we know we understand the relationship between eating healthy and being healthy. Okay, so we were able to partner with uh, the downtown health plaza, and we develop a uh, community garden, which is still in place, matter of fact. And uh, a, uh, we were able to have uh, volunteers, uh, whether it be doctors or interns or residents, that have been working in that garden. And now it's to the point that, you know, all the produce that is produced in that garden is actually given to the uh, patients at the downtown health plaza. So that, that was our, our first, um, you know, real entry into, you know, healthy eating. Um, I think there are a lot of, uh, obviously, access is, is one issue, but there are also uh, some cultural uh, differences that we have to address also as far as the way that that you prepare your food because you, know, you can you can get a, a healthy vegetable and if you cook it the wrong way you know all grease and all that kind of good stuff not necessarily healthy anymore okay so we were able to partner only with uh, um, downtown health plaza but with some local chefs as far as teaching people how to prepare foods healthier so to speak and so those are some of the things that that, that we have been doing. Uh, currently, uh, we're uh, working a project with the city of Winston-Salem in an area called Kimberly Park. We're actually uh, developing a hydroponic uh, growing facility. Basically, we're growing produce uh, in an urban uh, environment uh, in a greenhouse without, without soil. And that's really what hydroponics is all about. You know, you're growing in a confined space uh, in a controlled environment. And so we're doing that over in the, uh, the Kimberly Park community. Once again, just an additional uh, way to get uh, get healthy uh, produce, uh, you know, in, into that community. And it, it's, it's interesting how uh, eating healthy, there's a correlation between eating healthy, or at least access to healthy food, and your income level, okay? Um, a lot of times people are eating unhealthy because that's the only thing they can afford to eat. Uh, they may not have transportation to go over to you know, Walmart or Harris Teeter or some of the other grocery stores in this area. So people aren't necessarily eating uh, for health, they're eating so they won't be hungry, okay? And as you know, uh, there, there are all kind of disparities that uh, are obvious in our communities versus communities that have higher income that are maybe have uh, 
access to transportation and uh, the grocery store is walking distance away, you know, and, and all, all of those things play into, um, you know, if you're going to be, be healthy or not. And of course, education helps too. People have to understand that there are certain types of diets that, that lend to a, a healthy lifestyle and other types of diets that necessarily don't, uh, don't lean that way. So those are all the things that, that we look at um, as far as trying to improve the health of the people uh, in the community. Yeah, we, we have programs with Brenner Fit, um, culinary medicine, where we uh, basically clinicians coming to learning the basics of cooking healthy so they can model that and teach, uh, teach their patients to do that as well. Um, so, yeah, that is important. I mean, that's one of my pet uh pet topics of interest in that uh, how nutrition uh, plays a part in your energy level and how that affects your engagement in and how that's a positive or negative feedback based on the energy that, that, that right. you're getting out. Um, so, so it's so important that, that we do that. Now, one of the things I've, I've taken advantage of living downtown is, is the, uh, the, the trails down here, the Long Branch Trail, and it's just wonderful to see the amount of people using that on a day-to-day basis and, you know, the diversity of those using it. So it's not just uh, young, affluent uh, people who are in shape. It's it's all shapes and sizes and colors and religions and everything. So it's, it's really great to see that part of downtown transition that way. And I, I think Goler's been just a huge part of, of tying all that together. Well, you know, you know, downtown. Interestingly, um, uh, I had the pleasure of chairing the downtown partnership probably five or six years ago, okay? and that whole plan has been very intentional. Uh, as far as you talk about the trails and talked about uh, restaurants, retail, all of that was a, a plan that had been put in place years ago that uh, I say it's great when a plan comes together, you know, um, and the, the thing about it, that particular plan was when we started with Gola, uh, many people didn't think that Gola was downtown, you know, and we had to uh, convince we were downtown and that uh, we were going to play a role in downtown, and um, and I think by them electing me as a chairman of that organization, I said that, yeah, I guess they kind of accept us, I guess, in a way. So, but yeah, yeah, downtown, downtown is, is booming. Uh, unfortunately, downtown is not a great indicator of how the rest of our communities are doing. Um, what I find is that, I, and I, I hate to keep harping on this, but when I, when I look at what's happening east of Highway 52, it's uh, it's almost like we're two separate, uh, separate cities in a way, and when we are, and uh, a lot of the the great things that I can say about what's happening in downtown, I can say equally the amount of not so great things that are happening over on the other side of the highway. Well, yeah, and I think for our listeners, uh, some of them don't know this fact. And I think I read somewhere recently that Winston-Salem was the sixth most segregated city in, in America still. So we're, we're in the top 10 of segregated cities yeah. still. And that, you know, Highway 52 kind of is that delineation. Um, 
I think there's some, you know, there's some momentum, there's some intention uh, to uh, to remedy that. Um, I know it's 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 probably slower than we'd all like, um, but there is. I, I saw a plan, I guess, a year ago um, at a uh, I forget it was the, the chamber breakfast or something that they, they showed that the the drawings for what to do it on, on that side. Um, you know, just say was it down Fourth Street from innovation quarter um across 52 and so it looks like there's some at least some planning to to change and create a more economically viable and and vibrant community um similar to what what goler has done over that that way do you know you know much about that one yeah and and to your to your earlier point though about winston cell being segregated yes now it is segregated and the other thing is that as far as social mobility Winston-Salem is probably one of the worst in the country. Um, now, and, and what that what does that mean? That means that if, if you're born poor in Winston-Salem, you're, you have hardly any chance of getting out of that predicament. Okay. That basically uh, you're gonna you're gonna stay in that range, okay, for your life. Um, and uh, so Winston-Salem needs really, you know, to to, to, to work on, on that in, in a ways. Uh, you had mentioned, yeah, that's some development that's actually starting to happen. Uh, it's an area uh, called East End, okay? and that's kind of the working name for it. Uh, but there has been a massive plan that has been developed for that, that would uh, uh, start to make some things happen uh, on that side of town. And uh, I think they're moving forward uh, pretty aggressively. As a matter of fact, uh, we're working with a uh, organization that's looking to do some uh, mixed income affordable apartments uh, uh, in that area. So once again, I think the, the plans are in place. It's, it's starting to happen. Uh, uh, and, you know, we've talked about it uh, enough <laughs> to make it happen. Uh, there's so much that's going on in innovation quarter. Uh, you know, and, and more time than not, when you have a development like innovation quarter, which is I can't remember the last number I heard, but over a billion dollars has been invested. Over. Normally, when you have an anchor institution like that, there is a halo of development around that institution. Okay. Unfortunately, in the past, that halo has not extended beyond the highway. So why is that? I, a lot of reasons. But what we're hoping now is that that halo starts to shine uh, over on that side of town so that, you know, you can take advantage of some of the things that come out of having a billion dollar uh, development as your neighbor. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we're excited about that. And uh, I think uh, we'll hear something uh, more about that early next year as far as actually seeing some, uh, some uh, construction started, as a matter of fact. Well, I think just waxing philosophical here i mean just having innovation quarter you know within sight distance of the more uh less economically viable or or vibrant areas i think can provide somewhat of an inspiration and a lodestar for for everything else to happen around it. so the halo is a good a good descriptor of what that is and i you know i've seen it come uh north uh into industry hill and what's going on they're getting ready to raise these produce buildings here and i guess uh create 
couple more condo buildings and yeah. you know, so things are happening. Um, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, um, you know, all this momentum going on. Um, what have you experienced or noticed how, you know, with the, 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 the global pandemic, I have to bring that up, um, you know, if, as you as a business owner downtown as well in, in the uh, six and trade art district and, and that sort of, uh, you know, I walk out there every day now and it's just kind of interesting because there's not going on there when there used to be, you know, this time last year, and, you know, it was booming. And uh, and uh, just how has that affected Goler CDC and, and it's just, uh, you know, the things you're doing in general? Well, I would say it's definitely uh, affected us. I think this uh, pandemic has affected everybody in some way. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what what we found is that um, the timing of some of our projects has been negatively impacted. Uh, particularly, I'm thinking about our hydroponics that that has that has slowed. Um, we also have a program, a workforce development program called Tech Careers. And, and uh, you had mentioned Jennifer uh, earlier, uh, we work closely with Forsyth Tech uh, as far as working with folks to uh, develop careers in technology. So that collaboration is a, is a program that we have called Tech Careers, and it's just what it is. It's uh, uh, the program to develop a career in technology, which is kind of one of the ways that the, the city is uh, is moving, so to speak. Uh, uh, when we started, we were doing obviously in-person classes, and then we had to go to virtual classes. And and, I, and I'll tell you that the, the learning process is not as efficient uh, virtually versus face-to-face. So that has definitely you know been an, been an impact for us. But we have continued, and matter of fact. Um, We've got the people from our program that are still being employed in technology because as you go virtual, um, technology now has become important uh, because people are not face-to-face and more times than not, they're looking at a computer screen like the way I'm looking at it right now. Um, so, so, so from that standpoint, it's, it's helped. Um, and when you mentioned, as I mentioned, wife and I have a store, uh, Body and Soul, in the Arts District, we were shut down for, for three months, about three months. And obviously that was a, a tough time. But the great news is that the customers have started to come back. And um, it, it, it almost forced us or her to uh, have an online presence, you know, and the website's working now. And she's uh, doing the whole e-commerce thing. So in some ways, uh, we came out of this a, a little stronger. I mean, it was a it was a little painful going through it, but uh, at the end of the day, I think uh, we're all kind of dealing with this in our in our own separate ways. And hopefully, when uh, when things get back somewhat toward normal, then we'll all be be stronger for it, so to speak. Yeah, I think I think it's been a trying year for, like you said, everyone, and, and, and it both raises the visibility of the systemic problems in in our in our communities as well as uh, builds resilience uh, and, and uh, builds the ability to adapt and change and, and get stronger so that's a that's a great great uh, great story there and great great message um, 
let's talk about um, okay so Wake Forest and Atrium have this strategic partnership and it promises to create this basically a giant corridor between Winston-Salem and Charlotte now and a lot of jobs and economic uh, opportunities do you do you have goal or have any uh, programs directly involved with with healthcare or or jobs in that sector no no we don't we um we actually as earlier you know we're our workforce development program is around technology and obviously hospitals just like the rest of them now are using more and more technology so we're continually uh, trying to get our folks you know hired whether it be with Wake Forest or with Navant because we just see that as continuing to be kind of a growing employer uh, you know for this area I think uh, services in general uh, and so, and what I'm, what I'm hoping is, is that this whole collaboration between Atrium and Wake actually create more opportunities, so to speak, for, for folks in this area. And, um, you know, and I don't have a problem if we, we train folks, if they want to go and take a job in Charlotte. I mean, what we're trying to do is basically, you know, get people you know, out of a, a, maybe a negative situation and put them in a positive situation that they can really... Um, Know, get the most out of uh, out of their life and uh, get back to uh, some healthy living, so to speak. Because I, as I as I mentioned to you, one of the reasons that that we have our workforce development program is because we saw that correlation between income and health. So we said, well, what we need to do is help develop a way for people to increase their income. Okay, and what that means is developing a skill set. That is valued and valuable, so to speak. And if you if you can if you can do that, the chances are that you know you you'll live a heavy, healthier lifestyle. You can control where you live. You won't have to worry about what you're eating. You know, we still got to teach you how to cook it right. You know, and all that kind of good stuff. But um, but no, I think we're we're excited about it, and uh, we think there's a, a great deal of potential. Uh, as the city goes forward, it's kind of recreating itself as to what that new the new Winston Salem will be, and we plan to be a part of that. Yeah, that's great. And I, I was just thinking as you were talking about you know the same situations in all of our counties that we represent in the Northwest North Carolina area, whether they're rural or or urban, and that is uh, you know economic opportunity, um, which which you know, gives people more money in their pocket, more money to spend on, on healthier food and time to prepare and, and those things. So it's all just a, a self-fulfilling prophecy once you start giving economic opportunity. And it's just so important. And I've just, you know, I've seen this whole area uh, grow and flourish. And I just hope the halo effect will, will happen and, and, and spread out um, and create, the, you know, the next... Uh, next generation Winston-Salem for a healthier community. And I hope that for all our their communities, again, both rural and urban in our, in our, in our state. And, and I think uh, people like you uh, who, who are spearheading those things are so important. And, and I uh, just want to, again, congratulate you on the progress <laughs> and the success that you had and, and just maybe spend a, a little bit talking about what's, what's next, what's in the future. Uh, yeah. Well, and um, you know, interesting. I was um, I was on a, a Zoom call earlier today with uh, a group that's called Carolina Core. I don't know if you know that group at all, but um, it's a part of Piedmont Triad Research Council. So, 
And they're basically the economic development uh, group that's responsible for um, development from, I would say, Burlington probably to Winston-Salem. It's kind of their, their uh, priority, so to speak. And, and that's one of the things that they were speaking about, kind of what's what's next? What, what are we doing? How do we define ourselves? And we're in a we're in an interesting situation in that um, North Carolina is a great place to to have business or to move your business. Um, but the reality of it is that the two real uh, elephants in the room is the Charlotte area and the Raleigh area. So how do you define yourself um, when all that noise is going on on either side of you? Okay. And I think Winston-Salem is, is taking the approach of that, you know, bigger isn't always better. Quality of life is very important. Uh, the uh, standard of living uh, is, is, is important. I think... Uh, we're going to leverage uh, resources like Innovation Quarter. I think, I think that's going to play a big role. I think um, some development is happening on uh, Union Cross. That's going to play a role. So what, what we have to do, and I mentioned earlier about we, we partner with for-profit companies and, and corporate America because we really in some way kind of got to take a lead from them because they're the ones that are creating the opportunities. Uh, and we will uh, we will really kind of shadow them in some ways to say uh, if you're going to be having this type of business that you're bringing to this city or growing this, there's there's got to be a a get more of our uh, citizens involved in that, whether it's through technology or whether it's through something else. Uh, so what we're doing, we're trying to. Once again, keep an eye on that because in many ways that's going to determine when and where Winston-Salem is going. Okay, uh, Our three areas that we concentrate on are affordable housing, workforce development, and healthy living. I mean, and when you think about those three areas, there's always something to do. Okay, There's always something to do. Affordable housing uh, is still at a deficit in this area. Okay, so we'll continue to work on those opportunities. Workforce development, I've talked about that, how we got to prepare our workforce for these new opportunities as they come in. And healthy living is just something that I think we need to concentrate on every day. Uh, and it starts with, with eating, exercising, and really just being educated on what it takes to be healthy. Because I think sometimes people... Uh, take for granted that they know what it takes to be healthy, but not necessarily. Okay. So those, those are the areas uh, that, uh, that we will continue to work in. And uh, we think uh, those are, that's kind of our strategic plan going forward. When I think all, all three of those things have a huge part to play in mental health too, which is. Oh, sure. Sure. You're right. Yeah. Exactly. That's, right. That's, that's a huge part of it. And, uh, but I, I, I love the holistic approach to it and I've seen it firsthand again. I, you know, said that a million times but uh it's, it's great to see just you know since i've lived here since 92 just the whole area downtown uh growing and and i just think as the amount of housing um projects that are coming up and and 
uh, you know, that spreads out and the economic opportunities spread out and the, the health of the community just keeps keeps going up with with the efforts of folks like you and and, and every everybody that's, who's involved in that. So really do appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on today and, and yes. sharing sharing all that. Um, anything. Uh, what does Mike Sock like to do in his uh, in his free time when he has hobbies or interests? Well, um, I'm a golfer, um, and um, I, I say that kind of I'm not I'm not a great golfer, but I like playing. Uh, that that's probably one of, the, and it's interesting in this COVID environment. That's one of the few things that you can still do. You know, uh, and be, before that, you know, I'm a member of the YMCA, Winston Lake YMCA, which is uh, over on the east side of town, and but I have not been back there. It's, since this whole uh, situation that we're dealing with. Um, uh, but those are my two, should I say, hobbies, working out at the gym and, and golfing. But now it's, it's, it's more golfing and, and uh, walking my dog. That's about it. Yeah. Well, maybe you can go walk 18 before the rain comes today. It's such a beautiful yeah, day. right. <laughs> you're, you're exactly right. You know, it's interesting you say because we have a, you know, I was talking about our hydroponics. We're actually doing a, garden over in Kimberly Park and um, uh, we haven't had our, uh, our water hooked up yet so we're, we're praying for some rain here soon and I understand that it's, it's, it's on the way so uh, I guess if I had to throw a third thing in there would probably be gardening working <laughs> out golfing and gardening and um, gardening and golfing we can we can still do that outdoors right that's right well great well thanks again for your time and uh, okay. Uh, the website is com. You can read all about uh, the efforts there. And uh, anything else uh, you want to add before we sign off? Well, no, I'll just say, well, thank, thanks, thanks for the opportunity. And um, like I said, I'm very, very optimistic about um, what's going on in Winston-Salem. And uh, there has just been a, a spirit of cooperation and collaboration that uh, has uh, has made things a whole lot easier to get done around here. And uh, I think that attitude uh, will continue. And uh, I think uh, we're looking forward to, to continue to be a part of that. Yep. Well said. Thanks again for your time. Thank you. My, My pleasure. All right. Have a, have a good day, sir.